Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, I apologize for the delay on episodes. I was hosting Locked On ACC, filling in for Candace Cooper, uh, who, you know, needed a little bit of break uh, due to, you know, outside factors. I'm, I was there doing that. But now I'm back and I'm here to give the offense midseason grades. I already told you how this was going to work. And uh, the episode that I drop uh, after this will be the the episode where I grade the coaches and talk about uh, some particular matchups that we have going forward that could be very interesting and prediction give predictions as well. But before we get into that, I've got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. So y'all already know how we're going to do this thing, right? We're going to get into it by grading the offensive line, by grading the pass catchers, by grading the backfield. Running backs and quarterbacks are going to be a separate group, but you get the point. That's that's going to be the gist of what we're looking at in terms of uh, in terms of today's episode. Because again, we're at the midway point. There is a lot of football left to be played, but we've also played a lot of football. We've also played enough to where I feel like we can give fair assessments of what every group is or is not, has or has not been so far this way. So stick with me as we go through all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Wolf. You are Locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. So when I'm looking at this team and I'm talking about what they are or not, y'all already know the first place that I want to go every time is the big guys. Because at the end of the day, the elephants, when they go on parade, which is what they call a screenplay, but what the big guys do and don't do is oftentimes the most important part of any team and and how they're going to go, how they're going to look, all that good stuff. With that being said, This is one of those interesting moments where, surprisingly enough, I think our offensive line has been maybe the best unit on this team. I think that they may, I'm sorry, not on this team, on this offense, on this offensive unit, not on this team, not on this team, on this offensive unit, on this offensive unit. So we're going to start there, okay? We're going to start with the offensive line and how they've been doing things, how they've been rolling so far this season. Now, the offensive line in total, they've had their struggles, but they've also had their successes. They've had the ECU game where it was like every time we got in the goal-to-go situation, every time we got to in an end-short situation, we just we pissed down our leg and forgot how to play football. That happened. But they've also had moments like the Florida State game where I told everybody that last drive, at the beginning of the drive, before Jordan Travis threw that interception, I said, the Wolfpack are one stop away from winning this game. And everybody told me, and people told me on my Twitter comments, oh, no, Florida State has all three timeouts. They're going to need two stops. I said, this offensive line can lean on them. They can get 10 yards in three plays. They can do that. I don't care if they ain't completed the pass. I don't care if Florida State knows the run is coming. Our offensive line can do that. They have the ability to lean and go ahead and get the yards. But here's the most interesting thing about that. I've talked about 
this offensive line and how they've held up in, in uh, the running game. Oddly enough, they're better, statistically speaking now, they're better in terms of pass protection. They were ranked as one of the top 30 units in the nation by football outsiders in terms of how many, uh, how much time they, they give their quarterbacks before there's pressure and all that good stuff on average. With that being said, this offensive line group got beat like they stole something at Clemson. It was ugly. Didn't look good. Didn't feel good. Didn't want to, you know, it, it just. But the more I watched that game, the more I said, yes, this is a failure on the players. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our left tackle. Oof. It was ugly. It was he was get the second half. He got absolutely demolished. They took that man's lunch money. They did what they wanted to. They had their way with him over there on that left side. Not taking that away from him. However, I thought to myself, what is different between the first half and the second? There were more guys into block in the first half. There were less empty sets in the first half. And so when I look back at that game and I say, well, you know what? What do I give them here? I'm a firm believer and there is no such thing as a magic call. That is like a, if the coach calls this, if the coach just calls this in these moments, we'll win every game. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you can ever put it a hundred percent on coaches because at the end of the day, like despite whatever the coaches call, you have technique that you have to use point blank period. Now, is it a smart idea if you got a receiver that you're going up against who is a master at beating the press? Is it a wise idea to uh, put a freshman who often lunges on him in press coverage, press man coverage? I would say no, especially with no safety help over the top. I would say no. But at the end of the day, it's still incumbent upon a player to properly execute uh, the to properly execute the techniques that they've been coached up to do. So that game weighs into this. And with that being said, I was on the verge here. I was, I really was. I was on the verge. This was a group that I was very like, I feel I wanted to say that they'd been average or bad. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized they've been slightly above average. Even borderline at times, look good. It looked good. And honestly and truly, they have spent about, so they spent the Clemson game, second half, looking completely veckless, looking like there was nothing they could do, no way around it. However, other than that, literally that half, they have not at any point in time just looked god awful, just look like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? With that being said, I got to give this group a B minus. This offensive line gets a B minus for me. They have, again, they, would I say that they're meeting my expectations coming into the season? No, 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 no part of this offense has not a single part, not the quarterbacks, not the running back, or actually the running backs have, but not the quarterbacks, not the wide receivers, not the tight end. No other group outside of the running backs have met my expectations, but that's because the expectation for the running backs the bar was in hell, as the kids today say. So uh, I'm going to give this offensive line a B minus. Um, I I expected a group that was returning four or five starters and 
that everybody was raving about this left tackle. I was expecting them to be good, very good to like dominant. You know what I mean? I was expecting this to be a situation where, you know, if you wanted to get a hand on later, you were going to have a tough time doing it. I don't care who your defensive line is, but that wasn't the case. So I'm going to give them um, a B minus. The next group that I want to get out to guys out wide, the wide receivers. Now here's the interesting thing about the wide receivers. If I broke down each individual players, there have been players. And again, y'all know the grades. Let me just refresh your memory. The grades are not based upon what I expected you to do. The grades are based upon what I think you're doing against the average power five um, position group, right? So whether it be you're an average power five position group, you're above average to good, you're great. Or you're below average, maybe bad, you're god awful. And so our receiving course, some guys have played at like a, you know, a, a, a level that I didn't think that they could play at. I'm looking at you, Keon Lesane. He's shown up plenty of times. He's shown up to be um, a legitimate receiver number two, third option, that type of deal in there. Keon Lesane has done that, which I was not expecting from him. But when I look at the guys who are supposed to be the guys, Thayer Thomas, he's played well. He's played well. He's he's shown he's shown it when when Leary's healthy. He knows they're going to be down there somewhere. He can get it to him. They're played well. He's met expectations. Devin Carter. It's, it's Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog's Day every time. Every time I keep saying, this is his year, this is his year, this is his year, this is his year. It never actually pans out. Anthony Smith goes missing for two games. I don't know why. I don't know if he was injured or what the case was. I didn't really hear anything about it. Porter Rooks, a guy I was looking for to break out in a big way. He's shown flashes. But again, it's starting to feel a lot like that Devin Carter situation where I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again because I was saying the same thing about Porter Rooks last year in terms of he's showing flashes. Now, all of them have been hurt by Devin Leary underperforming and Devin Leary's injury. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. The catch in the back of the end zone I need to see Thayer Thomas make. There were some uh, plays where, again, you, you look up, and you say to yourself, this offense, is I don't know what it is. Everybody can't get it together at the same time. When one unit's performing well, somebody else ain't. And that's, that's tough to swallow. This receiving core, again, they've had guys playing up. They've had some guys playing down. They've had some guys that giving you exactly what you expect, like a Julian Grader, where everybody's talking about how explosive he is and all that. But honestly, with players like that, if they're not in the rotation heavily, I don't really expect much. And so part of me, when I watched the tape earlier this season, thought to myself, there's guys open, Devin Leary's just not making the reads. I went back and I, I, I had to realize, like, you're seeing this with the eyes of somebody watching the All-22. You're not seeing this with the eyes of somebody who has to go through reads and say, this is the first player that you should be looking at. This is the second player that you should be looking at. If this is taken away, go to this. If this, if these two are taken away, here's your third read. And then you go forth. If you have a fourth read, and then you go to the fourth and fifth reads. Honestly and truly, where Devin eyes go or where he wants to throw the ball, because, you know, quarterbacks look off safeties, look off linebackers, all that stuff. Where he comes back to his guys, they're not generating all that much separation. 
And it's okay to not generate separation if you're a Mecca of Mezzi and you just, you know, I don't need separation. Throw me the ball anyway. I'll make a play. Sure. We don't have an Emeka on this team. And so um, this group, to me, I, I think that they've been perfectly average, a little below average. So I'm going to go C- minus for this group. I'm going to go C- minus for this receivers group. And that's, again, I don't I don't tell y'all nothing to, to try to crap on nobody or try to disrespect nobody, but I'm also not going to lie to you about what folks are. And this group, it's a C- minus group. They've been below average, teetering on bad, because at the end of the day, they haven't come up with the tough catches. They haven't come up with the moments where you're, you're saying, hey, this is a backup. You've got to help them out. They haven't. In moments where, you know, Devin Leary throws a 50-50 ball, we need to tilt those scales, make it 60-40. The way the rules are set up is already tilted to the offense's way anyway. You can get away with a little bit more pushing and jostling as an offensive player. We just, we haven't. We haven't been able to do it. So this is a C-minus group, slightly below average. I mean, that's that's the reality of, of what I'm seeing there. And and so, you know, say what you want, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is, what it ain't, what it could be, and what it can't. Okay. And these next two, um, the, oh, and by the way, the tight ends were included in the pass catchers uh, because Penix has been hurt. Toodle has, could not block his way out of a paper bag. Um, Seabro has, has done better with the blocking, uh, not the same type of athlete as a Toodle or Penix, but the tight ends haven't been like huge different makers all year either. So, these next two, they, they got me kind of nervous, kind of sweating, because I know y'all like to give me crap when I whenever I say anything about Devin Leary not playing great. But we're going to get to the running backs and the quarterbacks right after this word. Now, folks, I talked about sweating a little bit, but you know what keeps me from sweating? Sweat block. Trust me, this thing will keep you if you have embarrassing sweat or if you know somebody who has embarrassing sweat. There was a customer named Chris who suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started using all types of stuff from tissue to maxi pads, you name it, on his shirt to soak up the sweat until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him. Trust me, Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock and save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. So I'm looking at the quarterbacks. I'm looking at the running backs, okay? First thing first, the running backs. I said that they were the only group that met my expectations because they they have. They've, I did not expect anything from this running back group. I didn't. I thought to myself, you know, if Jordan Houston has a little something, gives us anything, we'll be all right. And then Demi Sumos comes on the scene and, excuse me, looks phenomenal, runs tough, runs hard, but then he gets hurt. But then when he gets hurt, Jordan Houston takes over and plays exceedingly well. And so, and it really wins us a game. While we talk about Jack Chambers winning us that Florida State game, a lot of that was Jordan Houston. He deserves credit. Let's give him his flowers. Mr. Houston, you deserve your flowers for that game. You got Mims in there. You got Jones in there. You got Allen in there. These guys haven't like really tilted the needle all that far. They haven't 
played excellent football. But again, this is a backfield that I was expecting. I was expecting this backfield to be a potentially complimentary piece if they were good, a non-factor, like a, a net nothing if they were all right, if they if they gave what I thought they would give, right? I thought the passing game was going to carry us, and we'll run it to keep them honest. With that being said, this group to me has been above average, but I wouldn't say good. I'd say that they've been slightly better than average. I'd say that they've been um, a group that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. And a lot of people, when they hear these grades, will say, well, what is an A? What does an A look like to you? An A looks like Florida State's backfield. Those boys are trucking over there. That offensive line is barely healthy. They're trotting out whoever they can, mixing and matching all types of offensive line combinations. Those running backs still find a way to make it happen. That's an A group to me. That's a group where you can't look at them and say nothing but, hey, I'm some bad boys, man. They doing their thing. That's not, we don't have that, that case necessarily with our backs. So I give this group a C plus. I give this group a C plus. I think they've been better than average. I think, again, Demi Sumo coming on the scene has looked good. He's hurt. He got hurt and and I want to say the third or fourth game and really hasn't hasn't looked the same since. He he didn't play much against Clemson. Uh and then after that, the playing time dwindled even more. I mean, it's tough to to say like, "Oh, well, he's looked good and he's run tough, so that overweighs the the lack of a, ability to be there." In the words of Bill Parcells, the best ability is availability jordan houston has played well he's been available he's just been good but one back being good does not a good backfield make you need to have multiple backs performing well performing good if you're going to be that and if it's going to be one back then that back has to be phenomenal outstanding knock it out the park whenever they get the ball the entire defense is like what's going on what's he going to do yeah, that's, that's going, and we don't have that. We don't have that. We don't even have two backs that are performing like, oh yeah, these two are above average and consistently available. So I, again, this group, C plus, C plus. Now the quarterback room, this was the grade that everybody gave me the most crap about the first time around. Because I said that Devin Leary was playing poorly, but he was like playing poorly in the realm where he could potentially get into like he's playing average. I will say this, based upon what I saw in the Clemson game, where Devin Leary looked like the old Devin for much of the game when he wasn't on his back and when he wasn't running for his life, and based upon what I saw out of the Florida State game before he got hurt, I'll give him this. He started to move into that, you know, not only average, but even above average, even good territory. He started to move into that good territory, and then he gets hurt. And then Jack Chambers comes in, and, and he plays above expectations. But again, these grades are not about expectations. These grades are about what do I expect from an average power five unit? And with that being said, I may have been a little harsh on the quarterbacks last time, but also they have played better, which increased this grade. I will give the quarterbacks a C flat. I will give them a C flat. And I know some people aren't going to like that. 
That's all right with me. That's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. You are fully entitled to your opinion. But I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Again, this is not about who expected what, because that's not what we do here. We don't we don't talk about well, you know, a player is only good if they meet expectations or if they you know uh, if they cover the spread. That's the only way they're a good team. That has nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing to do with me. Nothing. What does have something to do with me? What does make me say, okay, wait a minute, this is a reason for pause and all that, is the fact that if I'm going through and looking at, um, if I'm going through and looking at, well, how good was Devin Leary on the season before he got hurt, right? You can't really do that via, well, the total amount of yards or whatever, because again, not only did he get, I mean, he got hurt and all that, but not only that, this is a situation where he did not play the last game, so the the raw volume of stats are going to be a little uh, confusing. I talk about QBR a lot. Well, it doesn't really favor Devin Lear because he's not a super uh, intense quarterback when it comes to running. Okay, fine. If we're talking about passer rating, pure passer rating, he's looking at eighth in the conference of 14 quarterbacks. Eighth. Of 14 eligible quarterbacks, eighth. Like, at the end of the day, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm sorry, ninth. Ninth in the conference. Although he and Slovis are, uh, I'm sorry, him and Phil Dracovic are neck and neck pretty much. Slovis is a little bit ahead of him, and Slovis has underperformed all season. Like, I, I want to tell you that the category of quarterbacks that are Literally directly below Devin Leary, Phil Jakovic, Malik Cunningham, Grant Wells, Jeff Sims, Brendan Armstrong. That's all, and that's it. Again, he was picking it up. He was playing better. He was moving more in the direction that you want to see him going in. Absolutely. I am not denying that. I am not at all saying, hey, our quarterback was just god-awful, and he just stayed god-awful the entire not saying that not saying that at all what i am saying is the reality is what it is regardless of what we want it to be regardless of what we how we want to say it how we want to cross it how we want it is what it is again if we're looking at qbr which i like talking about a lot 52.1 a hair above average a hair a smidge this group gets a c this group gets a c and I know you're thinking, this offense has been god-awful. How did you give out so many C's and B's? Oh, don't worry. Don't you worry about it. Again, I told you, we're going to get to the coaches too. Because this ain't just about the players. This ain't, this ain't just about the players. If the players were the only ones who had a job to get done here, then, you know, I would not be saying anything about uh, the coaches or anything like that. But that's not the case. We all got our part to play. We all got our job to do. And speaking of jobs, let's talk about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Trust me, just create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs, then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview 
and hire. Trust me, the right team member does it all for your team. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find quality qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're about to land this thing. But I hope that, you know, we've we've fully gotten out everything that we need to get out here. The offensive line, C plus. I'm sorry, uh, B minus. Offensive line, B minus. They've performed well at times. The times where they perform poorly are more of an aberration than them performing well. That's just the reality there. Um, the wide receiving core. Uh, that's that's a group that I just think that they've been below average. I I, just, I really do. I think that they've been below average all year. So, again, I, I want to go C minus there. Um, the running backs, I want to say average, completely average. I'd, I'd probably say uh, completely average, but, you know, they've, they've shown flash that they can be better than average, and they've kind of carried this team to some wins, kept this team in some games at times. Um, so C-plus there in quarterbacks, C, completely average, completely run the mill, completely middle of the road. Again, this is not me saying these things based on how I feel. This is what the numbers are bearing out. This offense has been completely, you know, this offense has been bad, but the film shows these players have been average in doing their job and, and getting things done. But trust me, we're going to get into how this offense is underperforming on the next episode when we talk about the coaches. Because, boy, for as maligned as Tim Beck is, oh, we're going to get into why it's rightfully so at many points. Thank you all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. I appreciate y'all every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 